Welcome to the Walkie Talkie Podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Matt. And we are going to talk you some walkies. So we have just watched Season 7, Episode 14, The Other Side. And uh, the format that we've been doing the last couple weeks, which I think works well, is we both kind of give a general opinion of the episode. Then we talk about it chronologically, discussing our likes and dislikes along the way. And then we give a numerical rating at the end. So, Matt, why don't you start us off? Okay. Um, I didn't hate this episode. <laughs> I I didn't dislike it as much as I've disliked other episodes in this second half of the season. And to be honest with you, I think I did like it the most, maybe. I wanted to see it a second time. I wish I had the chance to, because I think I would have been able to sink my teeth then a little bit more and maybe get a better opinion. Okay. And maybe you can help me round out my overall thoughts of it as we walk through the episode and I can recall things. But generally, I did like this episode. There were some clunky dialogue things that I think we could get into. But overall, pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Yeah. So my feeling about this episode was that it um, there was there was very little in it that I actively disliked. So mm-hmm. there was there's a little bit which we can we'll talk about. Um, okay. But I felt like it never became more than the sum of its parts. It uh, okay, yeah. it just sort of felt like it was continuing to move things at a slow pace, and mm-hmm. with such little time left in the season, that was frustrating. For um, sure. I kind of felt like, you know, if Rosita is all about this kamikaze crazy mission, um, we should have at least seen the sparks really fly in that mission in this episode. Yep. Um, and Agreed. so to to put that off to the very, very end and then not to give us anything uh, was really frustrating, I thought. Yeah, definitely. Um but generally speaking, in terms of what was actually in the episode, the character moments, um, the world building, uh, I thought it was all good stuff. But there's just a little bit of a sense of it's it's coming too late. And uh, I wish that, you know, they had done some of that sooner, um, tightening up the speed of the whole, the whole series um, so that the last couple episodes here could be faster paced and uh, yeah. more action oriented. So I'm with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. So why don't we get into the chronological stuff? Okay. So we started this week with a long cold open. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely uh, different from last week's minimal cold open uh, with the melon. Right. <laughs> we do get some melons in this one. We do, yeah. <laughs> this was a this was a bountiful cold open. Um, do you have any thoughts on this cold open? I I liked it. I thought really it was uh, good to see. Like I don't know the you know I thought it was a good snapshot of what's been going on at Hilltop and the leadership that Maggie's taken on. 
Um, I liked the the soundtrack. Um, yeah. That's one thing I feel like Walking Dead's been doing a really good job with, <laughs> with the music. Um, yes. I for, for all the other faults that have been taking place, um, at least sometimes they make the drama rise higher than it's actually rising to on its own through the music. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I... Uh, I was a little frustrated that Maggie's still not showing her pregnancy at all. Mm-hmm. For the size of that child. Yeah. In the, in the ultrasound. <laughs> I And I don't understand why not. Like, in a, sh- in a show where you've got, like, these incredible prosthetics and that sort of thing. Right. How much work is it? Like, you can just get something from, like, a high school home ec class yeah. for her to wear... But it, yep. it, I don't, yeah. Yeah, that's confusing. Wasn't Lori showing, at least in the third season? Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's weird. I do have a lot of issues with this cold open. Okay. Uh, well, maybe a lot is a little harsh of a word, but <laughs> they're, they're kind of uh, dumb thoughts, but still, they kind of pulled me out. Like, for instance, um, when did Sasha become, like, a Zen master of Tai Chi, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And she's showing all of these uh, hilltop people these Tai Chi knife-wielding, centering moves, and we have no understanding of her history of the martial arts whatsoever, it was just weird, uh, especially after a weekend where I just binge watched the Iron Fist. Okay. Um, so, and and they did it pretty poorly too. Yeah. Uh, at least the martial arts aspect of it. Um, I was, I was kind of th- taken out. Like I could expect Sasha to teach them maybe knife zombie slaying moves, or you know, showing them how to wield a gun or mm-hmm. things like that. You know what I mean? But she's showing them these weird tai chi positions and and moves with with bowie knives it was just weird it was weird i guess i i didn't think of it as tai chi i just thought of it as knife moves well the reason why i thought of it as tai chi is because it wasn't necessarily tactical moves Mm -hmm. they were slowly bringing the knife around and it was very chi oriented you know like finding your center kind of moves Mm mm-hmm so it didn't really seem very tactical at all. Okay. Um, which, you know, even if she was to do some tactical moves and show them how to use a knife in a fight, I could buy that more. But in that moment, it just, it honestly, it pulled me out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then another knifing sequence that pulled me out was the sequence with, with Maggie and Enid, first of all. I've never seen Maggie throw a knife. In fact, I've never seen any of our survivors throw a knife. Knife throwing is tough. (laughs) (laughs) And not only that, they're doing it with Bowie knives, not throwing knives, which is also so tough. And then uh, thirdly, they're throwing it by the tip of the the blade, which is not really how you throw a knife. (laughs) That was another weird thing that while, while I'm watching it, 
um, it pulled me out. And I was having some, like, I was having a struggle watching it play out and believing that this is happening. So those are some things that I had an issue with. Uh, I, have an, I had an issue with that, you know, maybe necessarily, uh, or maybe not necessarily everyone would, or maybe I don't, I shouldn't be warranted in my opinions about this, but in the moment it just pulled me out. Hmm. And I didn't really experience it the way that maybe they wanted me to experience it. Right. Yeah, I know nothing about knife throwing. So (laughs) I was just like, well, they are in the apocalypse. So they they do these things. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) That's probably what Scott Kimball was thinking, too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We also get kind of an important moment where... Uh, Daryl is sitting outside and Maggie comes and like brings food to him and it's Mm -hmm. like everybody else is eating in the trailer but Daryl stays outside and she puts the food down and she puts her hand on his shoulder and walks away. I Uh, liked that. Yeah. 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 I I still don't understand why Daryl came to Hilltop. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, neither. And, uh, you know, I thought, oh, well, maybe he wants to connect with Maggie or he's Mm -hmm. carrying, you know, guilt in his conscience because of Maggie and what happened to Glenn. Um, I didn't think of that at first. It wasn't until later in the episode. But he gets there, but then he's not the one to initiate that conversation. So Would he ever be, though? No, I don't think he would be. Yeah. So maybe it was more like he just went in the hopes that she would offer the olive branch to him and he'd be able to let go. Mm -hmm. I just want some rationale for why he went. And, you know, I'm wondering, like, is there any at all? If if the writers were thinking Daryl's carrying this weight on his conscience and he feels like this is the only way to relieve it is to get closer to Maggie, then that's actually pretty good. I just don't know if I'm giving them enough credit... (laughs) To think that that was actually, like, underlying that, you know? Right. I don't know. Well, to to be fair to you, um, this this season hasn't given us much to go by in way of um, giving the writers credit. Yeah. And you know what's so sad about that? I've been uh, recently re-watching The Walking Dead with Amanda. Yeah. And we started from season one. Yep. And she's been binging it like a fiend. <laughs> and um, I've been jumping in every few episodes or whatever mm-hmm. and watching it with her. And first of all, this girl has some serious insight and, like, will pick up on things wicked quickly. Really? Yeah. And she puts two and two together in an astonishing rate. And she even when, like, we just saw the episode where Dale got killed... Yep. by the walker and how carl was the one that released the walker and as it's happening she's like oh my god it's like dale is getting his guts ripped open and this is this is the ending of the symbolic humanity that this group has been struggling to hold on to and the reason why was just because of some trite effort by carl to make himself feel like he's a better man by trying to kill this walker but instead letting it out, letting it go, 
and the result is basically losing our figure of humanity. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's actually... She's like, I don't know if that's what they were going for. And I was like, you know, I don't really know either. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was pretty good. And she's picking up on things really quickly. Like when they got to the farm, she mentioned, you know, I bet they have the grandmother or some of their loved ones like in the basement <laughs> locked up because they're they're just too afraid to kill them. <laughs> it's like, ah. Uh, I can't confirm or deny that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been pretty fun. But the thing about it is, like, the writing was really, really good. Oh, yeah. And the the pacing, the story. Yeah. Even at the farm, you know, it might have been a slow burn, but it wasn't, wasn't, it was earned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in my head, like, I had remembered the third season as not a very good season. But when mm-hmm. I watched it through, I was like, no, this is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Sarah and I watched some, we're in the fourth season now okay. and we watched the episode where the the plague gets really, really bad. And, um, Herschel is like trying to keep some semblance of order when mm-hmm. people start dying and turning in their cells. Right. And there's like people you know walking around biting each other and everything and and there's patients that need to like literally have somebody squeezing a bulb in order to keep them breathing right and um meanwhile you know daryl and a bunch of others are off looking for antibiotics and um it is such a crazy episode that's the episode where it also really looks like Glenn's going to die because he stops right. being able to breathe and they have to stick the thing down his throat and breathe for him. And, yep. um, and it has this powerful, poignant moment at the end where Herschel goes and sits down in his cell and he goes to like read his Bible and he just starts weeping. Mm. And, um, and watching that episode, I thought, this episode was so powerful it was so gripping. And mm-hmm. it's not the eighth episode of the season. It's not the 16th episode of the season. Yeah. You know, it's just somewhere in the middle. Right. And I feel like we don't see that anymore. No, we don't. We haven't. Yeah. It's like they do this um, wave effect where there's the high point, the beginning, comes down, and then it comes back up for the mid-season, goes down, comes back up for the finale. Yeah. I remember the third season and the fourth season being really slow, <laughs> but um, but then I went back and watched it last year. Yeah, and when I watched it, I was like, "Yeah, it had the same kind of effect on me as it had on you." And I was thinking, "Man, this is actually moving along pretty quickly." Right. There's a lot happening. Yeah, and you get to see almost everybody in every episode. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I think a lot of people, when they think back on the prison, they think of, like, Farmer Rick. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Which wasn't bad. Yeah. that was, it was actually kind of quick. Yeah, no, that wasn't long. That was the fourth, early fourth season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, like, I realized that some of the... Some of the reason I'm as invested in the show now as I am is because of these previous seasons that turn this group into a family. 
But one hundred percent, yeah. If I if I watched this episode, if I watched this show, tried to pick it up, like I don't know, from the beginning of the sixth season until now, mm-hmm. you don't have that sense of family because no. they're always split up and you never see everybody at the same time. Right. Yeah. And so, like what keeps that for me is you know this lingering sense of what i can remember from past seasons but i really feel like they need to get back to us seeing you know the majority of the cast in every episode i agree maybe we talked about this i don't know you can remind me or not but i heard that norman Reedus said one of the episodes i think it was maybe the third episode of this half season or something um he said he was really excited about doing it because he felt like the family was back together. Right. And it felt like the old days. Oh, it was the one where they where they all meet in the hilltop. Mm. And when I watched that episode, I only got you only get this sense at the end. Yeah. And you don't even get this sense of it the next episode when they're all in Gregory's office. Mm-hmm. It just felt like some sort of weird conference meeting. And then everyone disbands again. And yeah. there's no connective tissue. There's right. no emotional continuity. It's all in the past. Like, we just keep our memories in the past. And since then, everyone's been disbanded ever since. And you just got to recall the feelings of old. <laughs> yeah. And I was really hoping that this half season would shift that. And the first two episodes seem promising because they mm-hmm. did jump around more. And you know, uh, but then we got the third the third episode, which is the Eugene one, which I still think is one of my favorites in this half season. Um, yeah. But then from from there on, it's just kind of been. It still feels like they really are going with the divided cast route. Yeah. And, and the uh, the scary thing is, Scott Gimple just, um, I think he had a press release or something where he said, the 100th episode is the beginning of the 8th season. I have something cooking for the 8th season, and it's going to be the stepping stone for something greater. Or something along those lines. I wish I had the quote because I want to read it. Hmm. it. It was very disheartening to me. Okay. Because I was thinking, wow, this should have been that stepping stone, like the death of Glenn right? and all that. This should be the catalyst to get everyone together, Yeah, get everyone to be a family again. Yeah. Yeah. I- I'm not looking forward to another hundred episodes of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, there won't be a hundred episodes of this if they keep doing it like this. Yeah, they couldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't last. No. Yeah. Yeah, I I am a little surprised actually that Gimple's job isn't in jeopardy after this season. Mm-hmm. Because The Walking Dead shifted showrunners twice or before him. Yeah. And and what were the seasons again, remind me. So, I think Frank Darabont did the first two seasons. Okay. And Frank Darabont, he's a superstar. He's uh he's the director of Shawshank Redemption and The yep. Green Mile. And um I thought he was a great fit for the show. Sure, yeah. Uh and then I, I think 
his name's Glenn Mazzara, did okay. the third season. And then I think Gimple has done from the fourth season on. And, you know, I don't... I mean, I, I'm not interested really in in bashing Gimple because I do think he handled uh, especially the fourth season really well and the fifth yeah. season. I think those are great seasons. Um, yeah, I do too. And I, I think that he did actually bring a lot of heart into the show, um, especially in the second half of the fourth season, I think it was, because that was when everybody was split up. And you f- it felt like he was very interested in, in building up the characters um, mm-hmm. so that we cared more about them. And uh, I think I even remember hearing something about that on Talking Dead or something like that, because there were people who were complaining about the second half of the fourth season, but their their thought was like that's good that's important time to invest in the characters so that you care more about them and uh, I thought it worked um sure and yeah fifth season I thought was really great it, it fifth season moved surprisingly quickly like right, we we yeah, all like good. expected the whole thing with the terminus people to last like the whole season but by th- by the third episode they were they were done <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, then on so, to uh, Gabriel. Yep, yeah. To Gabriel and, you know, then everything with Alexandria. And so, but somewhere, I think, in the sixth season, it started to feel like the pacing was getting a little off. And, right. Um I mean, it's got to be hard to to sustain a vision and, you know, keep up that consistent creativity, high quality season after season. And, um, but yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm sure it's not. Um, So I just hope that if if he's keeping his job for the eighth season, as it looks like, uh, that he's able to recapture some of the magic of his earlier seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, because I Mike, do. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I do, I, he has shown himself in the past to be a, a, a good showrunner, a decent showrunner. Um, unless there were other people who were making that work in the past, but yeah, that's, that's my thought because before then he doesn't have much credit to his name. As really? far as storyteller goes. Yeah. And so I wonder if, um, I mean, he's been a producer, and so I wonder if he took the title during, like, this maybe interim period of trying to find another showrunner after the third season and um, just kind of giving him that name, but then realizing that they can't find another showrunner, perhaps just letting him sink into that role Hmm. by, you know, the fifth season or the sixth season. I'm still having issues with the pacing in the show, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Me too. Anyways, you want to move on? Yeah. I'm sure we can talk more about uh, pacing issues when we get to the end, because yep. we'll have to talk about what's coming. So, mm-hmm. so uh, we get a little bit of conversation between Maggie and Jesus. We find out a little bit about Jesus. Uh, he grew up in a group home, and I laughed when he said... When I was first here, I was never here. Oh my god! 
It's the clunky dialogue. Here's not here. Here's not here. Here is not here. We still haven't figured out what that's about. And actually, it was so funny because I have a Walking Dead calendar, 2017. And when I changed it to March, there's this little picture below the main picture. And it just says, here's not here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Here's not here. You can go, but not go. (laughs) Matt, did you you know that today is not today? (laughs) I knew, but I didn't know. So, and then we also get the revelation that Jesus is gay, which mm-hmm. I guess from what I understand is uh, consistent with the comics. Yeah. Okay. But I'm wondering if they're revealing it because we're going to get rid of another... Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> another homosexual character. Is Aaron you know? in the comics? Uh, yes. I believe he is. Oh, man, I can't remember. Okay. But um, uh, typically, whenever someone comes out on this show, or we get a new minority character on the show, someone goes. At least that's been the case in the past. Even T-Dog was uh, privy to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've definitely seen that pattern with the black male characters. Yeah. I don't know about the gay characters. Well, when we got, um, uh, well, I guess, yeah, I guess you're right, because we got Tara, and we figured out pretty early that she was gay, and then she had a girlfriend, Mm -hmm. and that girlfriend died. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we get to Alexandria, we find out that Aaron's gay, he has a boyfriend, and they're okay, but then we find out that uh, Tara likes, um, what was her name? Denise. Denise. And Denise dies. Yeah, I guess it's not necessarily like exchanging character right, for yeah. character. Um, but we do get rid of them. Right. But, yeah, because I already knew that from the comics, I was like, oh, yep, they decided to keep it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting to me how, like, when Jesus first showed up, he was like this impossibly cool person like and there was there was all this mystery around him and he was just yeah, like sure. like so cool and yeah. now it's not that he's not cool but he just feels more like a human being and i actually like that because i feel like that's generally the way it works in life like mm-hmm. you can think that somebody is like this like super cool enigmatic person or whatever yeah but you know they're just a person and, sure. you know, over time, if you actually spend time with that person, you realize, like, just an ordinary person. Mm-hmm. So. Unless they're crazy. Yeah. In which case, they cease to be enigmatic and cool, and they just become crazy. Yeah. So. Um, so, S- Sasha's getting ready to go. And Jesus and... Enid uh, say that they'll come too. Sasha says no because they need to be at Hilltop for what happens after. And when she said that, I was like, oh, so you realize how ridiculous this plan is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You realize you're putting all your friends in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. It seems like they're just making Rosita and Sasha uh, out to be terribly dumb. Just dumb. Yeah. Like, I don't believe... I don't trust their judgment at all. Right. Right. Which is a shame, because Sasha was kind of a loose cannon at first, and then she leveled out. Sort of became someone you can trust, and now... Now she's just, uh, you know, she's an emotional wreck. It's mm-hmm. so much so that she makes Maggie look like a cold-hearted woman. Mm. You know, like, where's Maggie's morning? Right. Where Where's Maggie going to the to the gravesite to, to say hello to Glenn? I know. Yeah, and, it, yeah, it, I know we've talked about this before, but it's especially... Um, it feels especially flat because we never really saw a connection between Sasha and Abraham. No, exactly. Yeah. Yep. There was no chemistry. It seems so shoehorned. Yeah. And I would have loved to see that, like that bind become stronger. It just seemed like she kept pushing them away, pushing them away, pushing them away. And then whoop, all of a sudden they're close. Right. You know, but not enough development there. Yeah. Also, right before this scene, I just have to say, really quickly, just a, a you know, 30-second rant. One thing I hate about some TV shows is the cuts right before the commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. How the, the, the character will say something very uh, revealing or cryptic. But they don't get to their point until they come back from the commercial break. So they'll say something like, and this is what I'm going to say to you. And then a long dramatic pause so you can see the other person's facial expression. Mm -hmm. And then they cut to black, you know, and then they come back and they reveal what that person's going to say. In this episode where Matt, where Sasha's like, uh, then I'm going to go with you or something. She says something to, to Rosita and then the camera just holds on Sasha for like a good three to four seconds of her just standing there and neither of them saying anything. And then it cuts to black and I'm thinking, wait, we saw all this dialogue play out last time Mm. and there was no, there's no need for that dramatic pause right now. Right. You could have just reused that audio and that footage from that scene. Yeah. Yeah. If you wanted to. Right. Yeah. That was, that was just really, amateur and dumb to me yeah so quick rant i <laughs> i hear that i can i i understand that mm-hmm. um, so enid says that she's gonna tell maggie but they've got 10 minutes before she tells and yep. then i like uh, that yeah i like that too yeah. um and then conveniently for rosita and sasha the saviors are coming Right. Um, now, I will say, when the saviors arrive somewhere, you know, my my heart heartbeat picks up a little bit. It, Dude, mm-hmm. that that feeling of that announcement—the saviors are coming. It's like, oh boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel it. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So the saviors are coming, and Daryl and Maggie going in the hatch. Well, they bolt right in front of the saviors as they're coming in 
the saviors can't see these people running off behind the the house as they're driving in. Like there were there were three cars well into the compound already by the time Maggie and and Daryl were running you through the field. Hmm. That just seemed unrealistic. And then they have those moments where they turn around and pause and look and wait even longer. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, the saviors don't know Maggie's there either, right? No. Okay. I wanted to check on that. I, that's right. Because Negan wanted Maggie, didn't he? Yeah. And and then he, they told her, they told him that she was dead. Right. Yeah. That was Gabriel. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So both Maggie and Daryl need to hide, and they do. And Sasha and Rosita get out through some hole in the fence that Sasha put there, I guess. Um, and they decide to head to the sanctuary. It's time right. time to get this show on the road. A a, uh, a hole that Sasha dug as a, a little tunnel through the ground. I, I don't know. <laughs> how, how are you going to dig a hole that's not going to collapse on you? That's strong enough. <laughs> Sorry. It, I want to answer. Well, <laughs> Sasha has burrowing skills. <laughs> she's a Tai Chi master. She's a mining expert. She's a sniper. <laughs> She's a master burrower. But the group She's doesn't... She's a necklace maker. <laughs> but the group doesn't need her. They need Rosita. Right. <laughs> well, Rosita's a, a mechanic and a, uh, a demolition expert. <laughs> She's got her things. <laughs> so, yeah, Rosita sees uh, Sasha's necklace, which Abraham gave to Sasha, which, which Rosita gave to Abraham. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, you like that? I made it. (laughs) Okay, Rosita. (laughs) Get it. (laughs) Did you remember that necklace? Yeah. Okay. I had a vague memory of it, but... Okay. You know, I do like that the show makes reference to stuff from, like, multiple seasons ago. Yeah, I too. I just wish that... I remembered the things that they referenced all the time. <laughs> That's a fair thing to need. <laughs> so, Sasha and Rosita talk about their plan. Uh, mm-hmm. Rosita, of course, is being frosty. She doesn't want to get to know Sasha. Yep. And so then Sasha talks about how, you know, they should shoot from a distance because I guess there are some buildings where they could conveniently shoot from a distance. And uh, she very reasonably proposes that they try to kill Negan while still staying alive. Yeah. And, uh, but Rosita thinks that if they miss from a distance, they won't have another chance. Which is idiotic. Yeah. As if you, as if when you're shooting up close and you miss, you will have another chance. Exactly. It seems to me you're more likely to have a chance if you can get away. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you get caught, you're dead. Or you're not dead, but you're enslaved. You are dead, but not dead. Mm-hmm. They're gone, but not there. And, I mean, Sasha says to Rosita, point blank, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Which I appreciated. Yep. 
and uh, makes the point, you know, if we're alive, we get another go. We get to try again. Mm-hmm. So at least Sasha tried to bring a little bit of rationale. Yeah, she was making sense when Rosita wasn't, but at the same time, there were points where Sasha was making no sense. Yeah. They were, like, teetering back and forth and making this scenario so confusing because who, who do we trust here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Neither one seems to make a ton of sense, but at least in that scene, Sasha was being reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by contrast, Rosita was just... Just looked like she just wanted to die. Like, yeah. You know, I get that... I think they want Rosita to represent the audience's anger against the saviors. And... <laughs> and... <laughs> because... You know, for a lot of us, we're like, we want to to see the saviors get hit back. Like, and it's a long slog. And we know we're going to have to wait at least until the finale for anything to really happen. But Rosita is like, no, now, 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 no more excuses. But instead of it feeling like, yeah, Rosita, I get you. There's more just a feeling of, yeah, but that's not going to work. Yeah. And you're going to, you're going to mess up the plan. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of insulting to us. <laughs> <laughs> We're Rosita? Yeah. Really? <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> so, uh, Enid attempts to distract the savior with uh, veggies. No, use the whole word, vegetables. <laughs> We've got time. But it, that doesn't work. He still goes down, down the hatch. To where Maggie and Daryl are. Um, mm-hmm. I did feel some some genuine suspense here. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Doctor Harlan is taken by the Saviors, and we yeah. find out that the doctor that died was his brother, the doctor at the sanctuary. Yeah, yeah which we knew a while ago, right? Did we? I mean, I, I thought we knew last half season. Oh, if we knew, I missed that. Because of the name drop with the guy at the the hilltop, then we knew the guy at the... It might be because I have uh, um, closed captionings. I watch the show with closed captionings. Yep. So I always see the name. So maybe I just put two and two together. Okay. But I thought they made that reveal. Okay. Yeah, if they did, if they made the reveal, I completely forgot about it. So... Mm -hmm. I was surprised by that. Mm. That's fair. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I laughed because that moment when they looked in the crate and you know how the crate was filled with all that aspirin? Yeah. So on my TV, I couldn't quite make out what that was. Oh, really? Yeah. So it just, just looked like, like, why are there, why is there? like a bunch of boxes of candy from the movies or something. <laughs> and... I was like, oh, it's another one of those moments where the camera lingers on something and I can't tell what it is. But on my on second watch on my computer, it was it was pretty clear. So sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, how how thoughtful of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I loved the scene where Simon gives him that quadruple expression. Right. Yeah. I've been told I have a very expressive face. Yeah. <laughs> I love how patronizing he is. He is a great villain. He is very good, yeah. 
I agree. He, he puts almost all the other saviors to shame. <laughs> like, I... He almost makes a better Negan than Negan. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would say this guy is Negan's older, more vindictive brother. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's the guy that, like, Negan learned from and became the face of the saviors where this guy's like I'll let you do it <laughs> but I want to have fun <laughs> yeah yeah no he's he's definitely good casting and yep. yeah and I do think that if Negan were to be taken out that he'd be a, a risk of uh, being becoming the new the new Negan yeah he's formidable for sure yeah um, Gre- Gregory and Simon talk. I liked this this moment, um, mm-hmm. just because I thought like the the two of them there was there was tenseness to it. Like oh, there yeah. was a there was a, like I wasn't sure if maybe he, Simon was just gonna stab him right then and there. Um, well, that wouldn't make me feel tense. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid that he was gonna give up Daryl or Maggie. <laughs> Oh, I see. Okay. Well, I felt I felt some of that too, but I also just was like, you know, thinking that things could explode into barbaric violence like all of a sudden because they were like so cl- standing so close to each other as they were talking. Right. Um, but yeah, Gregory tells Simon that he's really proven himself over and over again to be somebody that Negan can work with, um, and. It's in the Savior's best interest to keep Gregory in power there, and that for that he needs his people's trust. And right. so he tries to use that to keep his doctor. <laughs> and yep. I like when he's just like, so it would be really good if I could keep my doctor. And the way Simon is yeah. just like, Gregory? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Gregory's such a little wheel. <laughs> But yes, uh, Simon invites Gregory to come and talk to him at any point if he has something he needs to talk about. So we're yeah. definitely set up there for Gregory to betray Maggie and Daryl and, and the entire community. Yep. Which I think is inevitable. Yeah. Yeah, not for nothing, but this episode, if they did anything right, they built up some great tense moments. Yeah. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. So, then we get um, the moment uh, where Maggie and Daryl are uh, <clears throat> down in the hatch, and uh, the, the Savior comes down, and Daryl seems to be on the verge of attacking him, but uh, yeah. Maggie kind of silently restrains him, and the Savior walks away. Did you, yeah. did you think uh, we were going to see Daryl kill that guy? No. Uh, but I believed that Daryl wanted to, mm. and it, and if nothing else, it would have been really close. Yeah, I was legitimately wondering what is the best course of action here. Mm-hmm. Because oh, definitely not killing the savior. Well, yeah, I know because then they would have to look for him, right? Right, so there's that, but if the savior finds them, 
and has a chance to give them up, you know, then that doesn't work at work out for them either. Yeah, then you would have to recalibrate your ideas and what you're going to do, but I think you just do the best you can not to show your face. Right. And you know, if you do, ah. Yeah. Then you're kind of screwed. Then you leave. <laughs> you know, you knock him out and you leave. Yeah. So there's no evidence that you're there, but the savior isn't dead, so no one's blood is on the, the hilltop's hands. Right, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so Maggie wisely restrains him. And then we get... Right, and she... Yeah. I was just going to say, and then she has more reason to be upset at the saviors than Daryl. And yeah. Daryl is doing essentially the same thing that he did when Negan killed Abraham. Right, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got to chill. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think of it that way, but that's true. <clears throat> so then we get what I think is the most effective moment in the episode, uh, which is Maggie confronting Daryl about having not talked to her or really looked at her since she, since he got there. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, he, he just says, I'm sorry. And, and Maggie mm-hmm. says, well, it wasn't your fault. And, Daryl says it was, mm-hmm. and uh, he's not wrong. Yeah, yeah. In, in a sense, he is not wrong. Um, and again, Maggie says it wasn't. And then she, I thought, had that really good line that, you know, you're one of the good things in this world. Uh, that's what Glenn thought, and he, he should know because he was one of the good things in this world. And um, you know, yeah, yeah she's like, I need you to help me win. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and they embrace, and I just feel like, you know, if you're a Walking Dead fan, but you didn't like that moment, you should just stop watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I liked that moment a lot. Yeah. I would have liked a little longer of a scene mm-hmm. with them, because mm-hmm. Daryl's been very quiet this half season. We haven't gotten much from him, and we also haven't gotten much from Maggie, so I just wish we would have seen a little bit more of broken Maggie. Okay. You know, this is Daryl, the fir- one of the f- first people she ever meets in the post-apocalyptic world. And she trusts him. She knows him like a brother. He knew Glenn like a brother. And who else in this moment better to break down in front of than Daryl? She's been alone. Like, essentially, she's been alone since, since it's happened. She went with Sasha to the hilltop and she doesn't know Sasha like she knows her her family. Right. And she doesn't know any of these people like she does, her family. And she's been trying to be strong. It would have been really powerful to see in this moment her just, like, lose it. Because hmm. we haven't had it. And she loses it so good. <laughs> like, remember that scene with, with, Matt, uh, with Beth? You know, like, right. she knows how to lose it. Right. Well, she lost it really well when Glenn actually died. In that moment, but uh, but it was it was very visceral, yeah, yeah, and uh, momentarily, Ma- mom- uh, momentarily, momentary, yeah, yeah, momentary, um, and we haven't seen like the the aftermath of it, yeah, yeah. I know we've you talked know? about that before that it just seems like 
Maggie's grief has not been proportionate to what's happened to her. Um, right. And it would have been great in that moment. Yeah. That said, though, I did think there was something interesting about the fact that Maggie was the one comforting Daryl when it's her husband that died, you know? Right. And, and maybe during certain points in the series, Maggie would have blamed Daryl. Sure. Um, yeah, I can see that. But she doesn't, you know? And, and Daryl is stunted emotionally. Yeah. Like he is kind of like a child. Right, right. And if the child thinks that he murdered someone... <laughs> yeah. You kind of try to comfort him and tell him that he didn't. Yep. But yeah, I think this moment is very significant in freeing Daryl from his guilt um, and, you know, increasing his resolve to win, you know, and uh, to do it, do it with Maggie. Um, Yep. So, yeah, I liked it. This is, it was my favorite part. Yeah, Um, same. So... Uh, the Saviors leave, and, you know, for a visit from the Saviors, that was a pretty friendly one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Gregory is uh, very accommodating. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, they leave, and uh, we see Rosita and Sasha get a car, kill some zombies. Um, then they get to the building, that you can easily snipe from, which, again, I feel like that's just so convenient that there's a building right there. And not only that, but they've got, like, a perfect view of Eugene and and, uh, Negan just comes right out there, like... It's relatively close, too. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's not very far. Right. Right. It seems like it's still in the compound. Yeah, it's just more evidence of... Negan strutting around in front of guns like that being something that he likes to do. (laughs) Even when he doesn't know they're there. Yeah, he's not even interested in doing anything to prevent it. He just loves it. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I liked that we saw Eugene out there, like, in his element. Um, (laughs) Dude. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) telling people what to do, um, talking Eugene speak. It's like the perfect environment for Eugene speak on the walk. Yes, the dialogue in this scene is perfect uh, proof that The Walking Dead can do good dialogue if they want it to. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That that scene where he says PDQ, actually uh, PFQ. Yeah. And for uh, any of the listeners who don't know what that is, I actually looked it up in that moment because I was like, huh, I don't even know what that is. Uh, pretty damn quick. And so the, oh. um, the assumption is, you know, pretty effing quick. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure most people would miss that. Which, yeah. yeah that's funny. <laughs> but it's just a little funny Eugenism right, that yeah. would happen. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. and I so, don't want Eugene to be bad. And we'll get to he's this, not. but yeah, we'll get to it. Okay, so but we did get this Rosita exposition dump. Yeah, now how, yeah, tell me how you felt about this. 
I felt like, all right, I didn't know any of this about you until now, and we've been following you for how long? And we get it all of it in one episode, conveniently after this period of time in which we hate you, <laughs> and also conveniently before you go to your death. Mm-hmm. So it's either a red herring or they're just setting her up to kill her. I actually wrote it down and said, uh, we got the Rosita exposition we need to see her die <laughs> on screen effectively. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, okay. that's how I feel about it. Yeah. How'd you feel? Um, Mixed feelings. I felt like as far as character moments have gone for Rosita... This is definitely, like, one of her best, if not her best. Like, I felt yeah. like the the actress was able to, like, do more than she's ever done. And it, yeah. I did, it was a relief to see her soften a little bit and open up. Sure. And, you know, it felt pretty genuine. So I, I liked that. Um, but, I mean, her story of, like, being able to pick up all these skills from these boyfriends, I was like, well, okay, I guess that could happen. But it seems like, uh-huh. I don't know, it just seems like she was awful fortunate and an awful good learner to like... Yeah. Because, I mean, she's got skills, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As, yeah, remember, I thought she had some sort of military background, with, which was why she sure. could defuse that bomb. But you were right yep. in thinking that somebody should have asked her Mm-hmm. How do you know how to do that? Because she would have been like, yeah. oh, it was Johnny. Yeah, well, it seems like Sasha also assumed that it was military training. Right. How many opportunities do you have to learn how to defuse bombs? Yeah. <laughs> and she wasn't She wasn't even clear as to whether or not this was pre-apocalypse or post-apocalypse. Yeah. Which made me think, like, she learned how to hotwire a car from a mechanic. What was his name? Uh, oh, I, cover chase uh, chaser, chaser chaser, <laughs> such a dumb name um, <laughs> for a mechanic. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean I, I see what you're saying, but I, I kind of look at her in this in the same light as Eugene. Mm-hmm. She and Eugene are a lot alike. Eugene lies as his weapon mm-hmm. of choice, and. Rosita uses her her sexuality and her appeal mm-hmm. as her weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe not even a weapon, just a, a means to gather information. Mm-hmm. So I kind of look at it in the same way. Mm-hmm. Oh, and one moment that I did really appreciate was when Sasha came back from looking out you know, the window and said to Rosita, Eugene is out there and he's ordering people around. And Rosita was like, oh, probably playing some angle. Yes. And yeah, I thought that was cool because Rosita probably knows Eugene better than anybody else um, from our group because she's been with him the longest time. And she just took it for granted that, you know, he's he's working his magic (laughs) in some way, you know, to get whatever he wants. And I think she was right. giving him the benefit of the doubt that he's not just going along with them. You know, that, right. that there's, he's got more in store uh, for them. 
Oh, you think she left feeling like that? No. N- no, but oh, I, I okay. think in that moment, okay. you know, yeah. to, sure. to say he's playing some angle mm-hmm. assumes that he's tricking them in some way. Right. So, um, I guess, yeah, overall, that scene I thought was good. Um, part of me is still not really sold on the idea that either of these women were really in love with Abraham. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, but, uh, you know, I've said that before and, uh, I mean, they've, I've, they've shown that they really, um, have feelings for him, but, but I mean, I, I feel like I didn't experience it on the show. I agree. Yeah. It, it, we're just supposed to take it, <clears throat> take it for granted. I think the part of me that like, is really confused is we have this very young, probably early to mid twenties girl that just kind of rides the coattails of this guy. It seems as though she's riding the coattails of this guy. Like, we never get the impression that she went along with Abraham because Abraham thought of her as an equal. Mm. It was always like she was kind of a subordinate. At least that's that's the vibe that I got. And he was just using her for sex. So we have this younger girl having sex with this older guy, Mm. kind of a grizzled military type. Mm Mm-hmm. It seems very like mistressy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem monogamous at all, right? Well, and, and certainly when Abraham leaves, it, it, that kind of cements that impression. When Abraham leaves, when he leaves her for Sasha. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. I guess it is somewhat believable to me that. Uh, Rosita has genuine feelings for for Abraham. That Rosita really did love him. I could see that more than. Wait, you're saying Sasha or Rosita? Rosita. Oh, even I even see though the yeah, I, the relationship seems weird to me. Like I agree with what you're saying there. It doesn't like land like oh that's a lovely relationship, you know. But <laughs> yeah, but I I think that she had genuine feelings for him. But like I said already, I mean just. I still never felt like we really saw that genuine affection. I agree. Between Abraham and Sasha or Abraham and Rosita. Yeah. And I, I still think there's a chance that Rosita won't die here. And um, they're going to create a romance between Eugene and her. Really? Yeah. Wow. That would be very unexpected. On my end. Have I not talked to you about that before? No. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I've been thinking that for a while. Hmm. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to let you predict that, and I'm not going to say that I agree or that I don't agree. I'm just going <laughs> to see what happens. That would shock yeah. me. Um, sure. But uh, if they made it feel believable... Well, I would be very impressed. Which, who says they can? <laughs> I mean, that doesn't mean they won't do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I, th- I don't think Rosita's going to die. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, we can talk a little bit more about that. Um, let's get to the, the big moment at the end. So, yep. so yeah, uh, Sasha can't get a clean shot. So as soon as Negan goes back in, they're like, well, we got to go inside. And I remember I was just like, 
you have this perfect little setup here. You know that Negan comes out sometimes, and you mm-hmm. you like okay, you didn't have a clean shot in this one moment, but yeah. you know that you're going to eventually have an opportunity to kill him from there. Like yeah, I mean they're essentially retconning all of their logic right back to where they were in the beginning of this uh, Rosita journey to kill Negan, right. killing Negan. And again, I really do think that this is like Rosita is supposed to represent our eagerness to 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 take out the saviors. Yeah. Um, it's just no, we can't wait any longer. We have to do it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, before the final, uh, scene, um, before the final scene, we get an exchange between Jesus and Gregory, um, uh, <laughs> Gregory says, oh yeah, Jesus says something like, oh, I'm surprised you didn't kneel again, like basically thanks for giving them our doctor, and yeah. Gregory is, says something about like, well, he threatens Jesus, and then he says, well, I look out for my friends, and I've realized we're not friends. Right. Totally a threat. Yeah. Yeah. So Gregory's not even hiding anymore that he is, uh, he's a slimeball. Mm-hmm. But he, he doesn't even have the spine to back up his own threat. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Now, like I said, nothing in this episode really upset me deeply, like last episode when Morgan killed Richard. Um, Right. But there was the sense of like, come on, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Mm -hmm. Let's get to it. Yeah, two more episodes left. Come on. Right, right. And uh, so we get to it, and we get like two minutes of getting to it, and then the episode (laughs) is over. (laughs) Yeah, that's when I thought that the episode still had more time. At that point, I was like, okay, we're getting somewhere. Right. And then all of a sudden it ends. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Eugene talking to a savior in his Eugene speak, always entertaining. Mm -hmm. And um, then the savior gets shot by, by Rosita and Sasha. And... Yeah, here we get a big conversation point, which is Eugene's reaction. So they try to break Eugene out, and he's like, I didn't ask you to come. Um, And, okay, this confused me, because when I was watching it the first time without any closed captioning, I thought that Eugene said, you're either in or out, and then ran away. Hmm. But the closed captioning said, when I watched it the second time, uh, people got to be en route. Yeah. Is that... Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So those are two very different things. Um, and I, I guess I'll, uh, I should assume the closed captioning is right. So is, you, is yeah. Eugene saying there, like, basically, I've got to go warn the saviors because people are en route, like more Alexandrians and whatnot must be coming here? Okay, so what I got from this whole sequence is Eugene just needs Rosita to leave. Because if not, she's going to blow his cover. Mm. He really is playing an angle. And if he leaves now, there's no no saying he really can leave because, you know, people are in route. Right. And if he stays, 
then there's a better possibility of him continuing on this charade. But what what's the people got to be in route? Uh, like saviors, because the um, now that that there's been a breach in security, he has to alert saviors. Okay. Huh. That was my. That was my guess. And any wait, didn't he even say something to the guy that they got that got shot that um, he's calling more people over to to help out with the situation out there? I think so. And and on the intercom, he said, "You know, I need that pretty di- pretty damn quick." Yeah. PTQ. Yeah. You know. So it, it's interesting to me that you saw this moment as you did not see it as a confirmation that Eugene really is Negan. Yeah, no. He's he's so over the top trying to get people to believe that he is. <laughs> In which I am Negan, and him I am. <laughs> because, of course, I, when we talked about his Eugene's episode, like really wanted Eugene not to be Negan and really wanted to have yeah. faith that he had like a long plan here. And sure. so when this moment happened, I was like, do I have warrant to like still stubbornly hope that Eugene's doing something here? Um, because it seemed to me that if Eugene really was trying to play them, like he could have at least said in that moment something like, look, you need to go. I have a plan. You know, but in- yeah. instead he just acts like I didn't tell you to come here and and drama yeah and i don't know if that um what i still don't quite understand what that people got to be in route thing meant but whether he said people got to be in route or people got to be in or out neither seems to reflect very well on him um because it seems like he's he's either saying like either got to be in or out and i've decided that i'm in with the saviors or he's saying people got to be in route in the sense that like there must be more of you coming and I have to go warn the saviors. Yeah. I didn't see it that way. Okay. Either he needs to get more people there because of the issue and he needs to continue this ruse or he, um, the people that he called on the walkie talkie is still on route to get there. Okay. You know, in a lot of spy movies and a lot of movies where there's black ops and, and, uh, um, covert operations and stuff like that. When there's that moment where the other side finds the person who is on their side playing the other side and they have that chance to say that they're not bad, they still play up the bad role, right? you know, just to get them to believe. And I think it's the same thing here. It's just a trope. You know, it's not bad writing. It's not good writing. It's just, you know, they're rehashing what's been done. Yeah. And I really do think that Eugene is playing an angle. He is... Not a part of the saviors, but all in all, Eugene is just a survivor, mm-hmm. and he's he's trying to survive no matter what. Right. You know, and if that means him staying at the saviors camp for now, it's, you know, his best opportunity. And, and really, like, he's on the high life right now. Yeah. You know, he's ordering people around. He's got his grimbly gunk in his pocket. He's, you know... Eating in uh, the pickles. The, yeah, eating the pickles. They're using his method of fantastical molten metal. Physics defying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, I think for Eugene, he's just surviving. Mm-hmm. Well, 
it seems to me that this can play out a couple of ways from here. Mm-hmm. So, okay, one possibility is Eugene has just sort of decided to go along with the sa- saviors in order to survive. He doesn't have any plans to, like, hurt them in any way. And yeah. he's just, like you said, living the high life. If that's the case, um, it's possible that this encounter with Sasha and Rosita will lead him to reevaluate what he's doing and, mm. and do something mm-hmm. heroic. Um, mm. Especially if, you know, Sasha, I don't you know, whatever's going to happen to Sasha now that she's inside. And of course yeah, he knows her. So, um, and of course another possibility is that he's got a plan and he's upset that they're probably going to ruin it now. Yeah. Everyone's got plans and everyone's worried about their plans getting ruined because no one talks to each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I communication is lacking in the post-apocalyptic world. But I will say that if Eugene ends up just like being full on savior, that's going to be a major disappointment for me in a season already with multiple disappointments. Yeah, and they would um, they would have to change the comics in order to be able to do that. Mm, okay. Which, in this season, it seems like they're doing everything they can not to change the course of the comics. Mm, okay. At least certain aspects. They, it even looks like they're doing that thing that we talked about last week with Sasha yep. um, and Michonne. Right. Okay, so, uh, although we are not convinced that Eugene is a sellout. Mm-hmm. Rosita is in that moment because, yeah, yeah she's just like, what a coward. Yep. Um, so then Sasha's working on, like, undoing the fence and she gets through, but she, like, I don't know, makes it so that Rosita can't go through. And yeah. then she says... She locks it back off. Yeah. Then she says, it's going to be... It, they still need you. And mm-hmm. she runs in on a suicide mission. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Um, I think it was uh, counter to what Sasha had been planning all along, which was sniping him. Right. You know, just going down there and guns blazing isn't her way. Yeah. So it seems like she's just on a suicide mission. She just wants to die. More so than she believes Rosita wants to die. Right. It seems like Sasha just wants to die, but I have no reason. I have no idea why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, there have been times in the series where Sasha has been under tremendous emotional turmoil. Mm -hmm. And this would have made more sense. But this yeah. just hasn't been one of those times. Right. She's overcome those times. Right. Yeah, this moment I had a lot of issues with. Um, one, because Rosita, with her whole you know toolbox of skills, should have no problem mm-hmm. getting to where Sasha is. Yeah. And I'm sure that if she wanted to find a way to get in there and get herself killed, she could do it. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's like, 
you know, what Sasha's doing, like Sasha's like going to give her life for Rosita. Um, it just seems so like illogical. It's, it's, it's because it doesn't have to be that way. It's not like there's this wall that Sasha has erected that Rosita can never get through, you know, but Rosita is acting like, no, you know, now Sasha is going to die and I don't get my chance to die. No. (laughs) Um, just nonsensical all around. Right. Right. And, uh, and yeah. And just why Sasha would, would do that. Like doesn't, I don't really understand. Um, yep. So, so you uh, you seem very confident that Sasha is going to die. Yeah, I'm. I think I, I'd say I'm like at eighty percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say I'm definitely concerned for. Her. Mm-hmm. Um. I I'm going to keep my prediction that no one's dying this half season because I already said multiple times I would. She's cast in the new Star Trek TV show. Did you know that? Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe they'll pull a Heath with her. <laughs> well, who's to say Heath's not dead? He might as well be. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's Heath? <laughs> no, he's not dead. That's what the finale's going to be. It's going to be <laughs> the story of Heath. Heath found another group with even more guns. Oh, my God. And then we don't see him bringing it to the survivors until season eight. And that's the 100th episode where, where Heath reveals all these guns to our survivors. Well, actually, Heath has been on Mount Olympus. <laughs> and he's going to come back with all the gods and goddesses. Yeah, he's been developing godlike powers as well <laughs> for himself. <laughs> oh man. So, but yeah, I did hear about Sasha being on the new Star Trek, and that's a network TV show. So, yeah. I'm sure they make like 20 plus episodes and it's a huge yeah. commitment. So, yeah, it does seem kind of like the writing's on the wall that Sasha's going to die. Yep. And uh I like Sasha. I don't have a strong emotional attachment to her, which is, I feel like I should, because she's been around for so long. Right. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I feel the same. I feel more of a strong emotional connection to Aaron. Yeah. 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 I feel about as connected to Sasha as I do... Uh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it just seems like such a senseless death. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it does. She should have just stayed up there in the building and waited for a good opportunity to take her shot. Yeah, she could have. But they're stupid. (laughs) Both of them. Yeah, and we don't need everybody to you know, rise up in this big war. We just need to like stash some of those 60 guns there in that building and just have, you know, rotating watch of different, different people going there and waiting for the chance to take a good shot. Eventually there's gotta be a chance. Yeah. I mean, as far as Negan goes, he's always putting himself in as a human target. Yeah. You know? Yep. So 
So right, uh, we get to uh, final scene. Yeah, final moment. Is it Daryl or Dwight? It's Dwight. <laughs> like, is it even a question? <laughs> well, I mean, they definitely tried to throw us because Daryl asked. I forgot to mention this that Daryl asked where Sasha and Rosita. Yeah. Um, making it sound like he was about to take off to go find him. Which makes it a little bit more obvious to me that it's not. Right. Darryl. Right. You know? Yeah. The the thought never even crossed my mind that it could be Dwight until. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, after I watched it. Um, I just. Oh, you thought it was Daryl? Yeah. I just assumed it was oh. Daryl. So, um, if it, assuming it is Dwight, what do you think is going to happen? Um, I think this is his way into the Savior's group. He's going to try to stop her. He's going to try to convince her to go back and let them know that there's people on the inside that are willing to, um, emerge, you know? Yeah. Here's a question for you. Do you think it's possible that when Eugene ran back inside, Dwight was there and he told Dwight to go take care of Rosita. Uh, if that's the case, he got out there pretty quick. But that is a good question. That would be easier than Eugene trying to mend that situation in that moment. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of want that to be what happened. Yeah, I don't think that's the case because then, like Eugene left, Rosita left right in that moment as well. She's literally just running down that street, mm-hmm. and as she's like, you know, thirty seconds later, Dwight comes out and he's perfectly still in the shadows, <laughs> like Batman. Mm. Well, if he's like Batman, he could definitely do that. <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i think it's i think it's dwight and i think it's um a uh an olive branch in a sense okay what about you i do think it's dwight um and yeah i agree this this has got to be the moment where dwight starts to work against Negan. It has to. Yeah. There's only two episodes left. Right. It should have been happening already. Right. I think in their eyes, he was. I think for a while he's been, you know, plotting his way out. But we haven't been in his head. They haven't put us in his head. Mm -hmm. They think that they have. Yeah. But they really haven't. Yeah. So, maybe what will happen is Dwight will, you know, kind of lead Rosita away a bit, and then they can, they'll talk about, like, how, you know, Dwight's willing to try and take down Negan from the inside, and, Mm -hmm. you know, that will actually make Rosita, um have faith yeah and um give rosita a reason to go back and stop being rogue and connect with rick and you know make this connection happen 
uh, so they they can make use of that. Um, Definitely. So yeah, that would be my hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I I feel I feel the same. I if nothing else, I want that to happen. Yeah, and if Sasha dies. Um, maybe we'll see Eugene witness it in some way. Yeah, oh, pfft, and, 100%. Yeah, and I want that to be the impetus for Eugene to poison Negan. Oh, so you think it's really going to... He's not going to kill him. No, it won't work, but I still yeah. want Negan, like, foaming at the mouth. <laughs> you want bedridden Negan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So. All right. Uh, numerical value? Um, there were good enough things in this episode to teeter over 6.5 for me. Mm-hmm. So I think I'll give it a solid 7. Okay. Um, I think I'll give it a 7, too. I was... Yeah. Originally, I was planning on giving it a 6.5, uh, mm. but talking about it some more, I'll, I'll give it a 7. I'm trying mm. to respect it in its own right and not think of it just in the context of the series as a whole, because yeah. when I think of it in the context of the series as a whole, it's kind of a frustrating episode. But when I just like yeah. take it on its own, then yeah, I have more sympathy for it. I can appreciate it more. Um, yeah, and it, it's hard to watch these episodes and take them at their own merit in the moment. Yeah. <clears throat> That's tough. Right. Um, so we've got two episodes left. And, yeah, so help me. If they give us another cliffhanger before any actual war has started... Or yep. just when, like, the war is, like, just beginning, kind of the way this episode had ended. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be really upset. And yeah. I feel like the audience as a whole is really... That's going to cause irrevocable harm, damage. Yeah, I agree. It'll drop the ratings. It, the, the, the little bit of love that the fans have for it right now will drop. And... I think, you know, if nothing else, it'll be a good thing for The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it'll get their act together if they don't get uh, canceled. Yeah, well, I, I mean, the, the Walking Dead isn't going to get canceled in season eight. Sure. Because yeah. it's already, I'm, they're already working on that. Right, yeah. And uh, it's still one of the highest rated shows. I think it is the highest rated show on cable. Is it? Yeah. I thought it w- I thought it dropped this season. It did drop, but it had such a massive following that even with the enormous f- um decrease that it's had, it I think it's still number 1. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, nobody is going to be interested in canceling it anytime soon, but like I said, I'm a little surprised that Scott Gimple's job didn't get axed uh, after yeah. this season. And yep. So, 
Well, who's to say that won't still happen? Yeah, no, that that might still happen. That's true. Because you know? a lot of the time they they don't have much mercy when a show like starts to to dip at all. Yep. Um, sometimes unfairly so. Like it's just like, oh, yeah. you had a half season where like the ratings went down a little bit. You're out of here. Um, right. So. But Scott Gimple's been on as producer since the beginning, so they'd probably have a little bit more love for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm guessing you didn't watch any of the scenes from next episode? No. Can I say something about them? Sure, yeah. So, oh, there was Oceanside. Oh god. Um but I mean look, you know we had to see Oceanside, right? I mean we're just dreading it. We weren't we weren't getting away from it. And I was kind of hoping that this episode would have a beeline story. Mm-hmm. Yep. With Oceanside. But what makes me hopeful for the next episode is that the scenes that we saw were not just from Oceanside. There were scenes from Hilltop, too. Oh, okay. So at least they're varying it up. And there was a large section of the cast represented in the scenes that we saw. Right. So, but really, I mean, okay, let's say they go to Oceanside, they get the guns, or they recruit some people too, they bring more guns to the garbage pail kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not going to be a lot of time in the final episode for a showdown. So, yeah, I, re- exactly. I really, really hope that they don't let us down. If they give us a cliffhanger, anything like the end of the sixth season, that's just going to be a a horrible miscalculation. Yeah. Because I think they will. Oh, cause I feel like we, this whole season has been a cliffhanger. Yeah. Like the entire <laughs> season. It, it began with this horrific explosion uh-huh. and then it's just been waiting. Yeah. And to like yep. end the season without satisfying that entire season's worth of waiting. Yeah. By just saying, nope, wait another seven months. Oh. And after what? Yeah, I think that, I honestly do think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> because even the even the backlash from last season didn't change Gimple's mind. Mm-hmm. You know, he still stuck to his guns that it was a good cliffhanger. People needed it. And they didn't know why the cliffhanger was going to happen. And they're going to love it when it happens. Look, Gimple, we didn't. <laughs> It would have been better if we didn't have that cliffhanger. So I think we. Ta- I think he's. Hmm? I think we talked about this, but what really would have made sense was to have the Abraham death, and then to yeah. end it there. Yep. And then you, yeah, get the horrible surprise of Glenn dying, in the season yeah. opener when you think that's all exactly. over. That probably would have been a better way to play their cards. Yeah. And I, and because of that, I think we're still going to get very uh, cavalier Scott Gimple thinking that doing a cliffhanger to All Out War is going to be the best option because he wants to have as much episode time as he can having uh, All Out War. And the thing is, is we only have two episodes left. So, 
You should have done it for this half of the season, Gipple. Good job. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I hope that the vast majority of the finale ends up being the actual showdown. Yep. I hope so, too. And I'm, I'm hopeful for our podcast when that happens, too, because I, I want to have a lot of good things to say. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't want another season like this. I know. Especially for podcasting. Right. Because this is a drag. Yeah. You know, I want to have fun, very informative conversations about this. Yeah. So, and speaking of that, for anyone who's listening, anyone out there... <laughs> I'm going to put up some social media sites, you know, f- your Facebooks, your Instagrams, your Twitters for Walkie Talkie Podcast, and you can look for them. Um, I, I don't have them yet, so just keep an eye out. Hopefully, they'll be finished by Thursday or Friday, and uh, you'll be able to search the Walkie Talkie Podcast, The Walking Dead um, any of those things should be able to bring up our accounts. If you do that, there'll be ways to send in money, send in money, <laughs> send in veggies, send in melons, vegetables. Um, <laughs> we have time. Uh, yeah. So send in your questions, which would be great because if we don't have anything fun to talk about between us, then we'll have fun things to talk about with your questions. And I realize this, this is basically asking my mom and two other friends to (laughs) mail in questions, but you know, if you do it, then we have things to talk about. So yeah, there it is. All right. Our marketing and I'll be able to market it better next week because we'll have the accounts. Sounds good. Yep. All right. Well, until next time in Oceanside. Good. <laughs> Signing off. Over and out.